I'm, I'm not. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Then and Now podcast. I'm your co-host, C. Diesel. To the left of me, I have Mr. Lelouch V. To the right of me, I have King of the Comics, Professor E. Ethan Murphy. How y'all doing today, brothers? I'm pretty good. I am pretty good. Yeah. What you about, brother? I'm pretty good, too, man. I was trying not to laugh too hard because that that uh, <laughs> that that kerfuffle <laughs> getting into reminded me of the classic days of Then and Now when we would try over and over again to try to get things up and running, but it would... Uh, Take a minute. So I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. How you doing, Def? Shaboing boing. I'm doing great. Jesus Christ. Uh off to off to a screeching halt. Charlie. Guys, I'm happy. On board. Why do we do this? Why do we uh, away? Take it away, please. Guys, we have a lot of stuff to discuss today. I'm really excited to get into it. So let's go ahead and start. Big thing on the docket today we're discussing is the Dahmer. Uh I'm not documentary, I guess biopic for lack of a better term, because it's more of a reenactment Bi- than a historical telling. Bio series works. Mm-hmm. Um first and foremost, hold on, somebody's computer audio like i can hear myself through this shit um but first and foremost with the show i i, I want to say I, I had i was i was split watching this near the end of it the, the beginning of it i was like oh this is dope it's great and i'm not saying it's not great the whole way through it's a great well-produced show all the way all the way through it seems real dope but when I came to realize I'm like damn this is actually real stuff that happened to real people and real families and in my head, I'm like, how do these families feel when something like this is being brought up multiple times and they're just not allowed to forget it and like move on from it? Mm-hmm. Then I'm pretty sure I don't I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the families were paid any money from the like from Netflix for bringing this back up and redoing this again. I so I def- I'm just I'm just I like, know. man, I, I I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a family who had something like that happen to me, like to my cousin or uncle, whatever else. And it's constantly being brought up because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And that's I, what's crazy. I don't know. Uh, I, I do think, so unlike other instances where victims or families of the victims are just, you know, uh, for pretty much <laughs> bereft and don't get any kind of compensation for their struggles. Uh, not that there is any compensation, compensation that's enough, but in this case, the idea that the money that was made from the book sales and the actual auction, I believe it actually was true, that they actually mm-hmm. did try to get the family some actual uh, money. And also because uh, mm-hmm. as we get into it more, Jesse Jackson was involved and, and shined a big light on it, too. So it's mm-hmm. the so, yeah, these victims did suffer or the families, of course, all of them suffered a lot. But there, I think there was some compensation in some capacity. It's not enough by any means, but there was some. But I don't know if they got anything from Netflix or any of these other movies that are being made about them. Yeah, because this isn't the first reenactment of the events that have transpired with this thing. There's been a lot of them. Yeah. So I'm just like, damn, these families just cannot forget this. Um, but that's one thing I just wanted to bring up before we really got into the meat and potatoes of the show, just kind of giving credence to the families that went through these unfortunate events and 
wish them nothing but the best and rest in peace to the people that went through the tragedies. But to get into the quality of the show, I will say this was an amazingly well-produced show. I think Evan Peters uh, filmed in a, uh, a great performance to me. Like I've watched him a lot and a lot of stuff from American Horror Story to the X-Men stuff. I didn't think he had this in his bag like that. Well, granted, he I, I kind of saw it with American Horror Story, but yeah. to this extent um, was a little wild to me. What did y'all think? Well, I mean, uh, starting with I'm starting with the quality. The quality of the show was high. I mean, the, his acting. The, he was the, you, the main person. Direction, like you know, over him to you know uh, him him fully adult and in prison. Like uh, he though all those were portrayed very 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 well, uh, as well as I mean like. Uh, I love the representation from from the the rest of the cast. Uh, Got to see a lot of black faces and them saying a lot of powerful things and doing things that were important to the story. So I mm. I thoroughly appreciated that. My my grievance with this comes from I, I I don't fully understand what this was made for. Not in the sense that I think it was bad. I just think like okay, when I, when I watch the show, like okay, well, uh, well when the show is made in general. It's like okay, is this to entertain? Is this to inform? Is this to shine a light on something? Like what what is the goal of that? And I don't actually know what that was for this series. Like, even by the end of it, I like are are, are you trying to shine a light on on the, the families again? Are you trying to bring uh, uh attention to the fact that this happened to minority? Like, what was the goal? of this series that is that that is my only question towards it but when it comes to the the quality of it the execution of it it was definitely high level mm -hmm. yeah so uh just first thing to do i guess would be to just answer otis's question my how i feel about it um the reason a show like this this particular one exists uh so we're gonna get into some spoilers although this is a true more or less a true, true story so these are already out there but uh there's a part at the end where Glenda Cleveland saying is, can we put up a memorial for these victims? Do something to honor them so we don't forget them. And obviously Milwaukee's trying to put this whole incident behind them because it's such a horrific thing. And I feel like in a big way, partially this is a memorial. At the very end of the show, you see they they, they take the time to show you the actual pictures of all the victims and the last few episodes focus more on the victims and their families. Mm. I feel like this is it's in some way is a memorial to them. It's to, it's to try to honor them and try to pay their respects to them but also it's largely to um i'm sure you guys know how true crime is a really big popular genre for some reason people love it to pieces and i at once asked uh the doctor um why it is that that people love that so much and she told me that she doesn't know she can't speak for everybody but for herself it's almost cautionary tales it's like fables or um when you're a kid you're told you know, not, not to touch put your hand on the stove because something bad will happen when you hear about true crime or see these types of things, it it kind of keeps you, it makes you more aware of the things that are out there. So you don't make the same mistakes in a sense. I, I can guarantee you younger people who may watch this, uh, watch this series, the thing that Jeffrey Dahmer did a lot was drugging people and by slipping, um, basically give them a super Mickey in their drinks, they would drink it and be knocked out and they'd be done for. Uh, I guarantee you women, anyone who watches this, uh, goes off to college or goes to a bar will never take a drink from some from, from some random stranger. They will always get themselves. So it's uh, I, I think there are some purposes to these types of things. It's basically to show you that there are dangers out there 
and to be cautious of them and then not to forget them, not to let these things happen again, not to let history repeat itself, uh, to always be on your guard. And last but not least, that there are other types of monsters out there too, not just monsters like Dahmer, but monsters like two fucking cops. Uh, we, we get more into that later on in the show, but those two dudes, that's... Oof. Yeah, those, those like, wow, uh, wow. So, so that the I think those are why that's why these things exist, especially in a time like now. Uh, it's, it's so we don't forget the victims, it's so we don't let something like this happen again and to shine a light on the incompetence and real ugliness of uh, other types of monsters or all monsters, right? I look, uh, I look oh yeah, and it, I, did, I love the show too. I thought it was great, yeah, that was well produced, never know, right? I looked at the show, is again to me, it was literally just a big true crime podcast episode. In, in a sense for me um, to kind of play off of Ethan's point when you look at I think the top 10 podcasts in the world like three or four of those are true crime podcasts oh they are <laughs> yeah like those are the biggest like things in the world um, and again to your other point like when it comes to human history and how we pass down information it's through folk tales and you have like again like you have I'm not going to say you have stories of, like the bible that are at their own uh, stories that give you credence to future events that are meant to, uh, to give you knowledge going forward or like half the tales in like Arabian Nights and things of that nature. Like they're meant to be a, a cautionary tale to people going forward because at that point in time, we didn't have the ability to write things down and nobody was really literate. So the only option we had to pass on information was through the transferring of stories from one to another. Um, but yeah, the, the series to me was more of a show for entertainment, um, for people that loved horror entertainment and i know it's more so like netflix pushed that really hard because this dropped and then they started pushing the john wayne gacy documentary that they have on there really hard at the same time like as soon as i finished this that one popped right up next which i was tempted to look into that a little bit more just from seeing the snippet of him in the actual Dahmer series you get i think like a five minute snippet well not five minutes more like like 15 to 20 minute snippet in one of the later, later episodes of john wayne gacy um and playing into that whole thing yeah uh and that's one thing i really enjoyed about this series too they not only showed the uh, methodology or just like the thought process of Dahmer, but they really got kind of philosophical in regards to people just being bad people and being people being redeemable and things of that nature. Um, and people just being human all around. That was, yes. I, I really, I really liked that aspect of it. The dialogue felt like a realistic dialogue. Um, I like to give another shout out to Nisi Nash. I'm a big Nisi Nash fan. Uh, I watch, if you guys watch Claws, I like, I like, I love their Claws. Uh, but oh. she like her portrayals, her monologues that she got was was great. Like I, I loved her performance in it. I thought like like Otis said, I like all the not only just black characters but characters in general had really great written dialogue and great performances all around. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, there were there were the larger cast actually was people of color uh, by mm -hmm. far. Uh, Nisi Nash, I was first my first impression. Nisi Nash was actually from Reno Nine One One. Which is a kind of more largely improv comedy type of weird off the walls comedy with cops doing stuff, and she was hilarious in that for years. Mm -hmm. And to see her do this gear, which is completely different, uh, and she nailed it there. It's range, man. It's range because yeah. she's a, she's legit. She's legit. Um, so one thing I want to bring up real too, uh, real quick, is that like you said, yeah, this is much more almost like a, a visual podcast that they show like, over these ten episodes of Dahmer and whatnot. But it's not really just Dahmer. Is a lot of it is actually. The, showing the this the the story victims. from the, the victims and from his parents and the mm -hmm. families of the victims, and that's something they don't really do nearly as much in biopics, especially because biopics you only have like two hours typically in a movie, but with a series you can do a lot more and a lot better, do it a lot better, and they really did a 
really good job with it, I think. Uh, one thing Ryan Murphy, I saw an interview, but he said, as he was talking to Evan Peters and as they were doing this, he said, you have to understand, this is not a vanity project. This is not about glorifying anything Dahmer did or glorifying him at all. Uh, this is about actually showing actually more, more brutal nature of what it's like, of what an actual, how hor horrific this actually is. This is not a, this is this shouldn't be seen as a for, as fetishized or enjoyed in that in that sense. And they really did they they doubled that on that. And I think one thing too is there's a little bit of a backlash when they had that um, Ted Bundy movie on Netflix, which came out I think it was last year, year before last. Sorry, Zach F. Yeah. And it's like that one. One, it didn't show any of uh, the actual crimes he committed, not even one of them. Uh, and it also, you have Zach Efron running around, with, running around with his shirt off, showing off his abs. It's like, you're clearly trying to, and I get partially that, yeah, Dom, I'm sorry, Ted Bundy was a very charismatic, charming guy, which is why he got away with so many things. But at the same time, they're more glorifying that that killer than they are showcasing any of the horrific things about him, which is, they kind of missed the point. This did not shy away from that at all. It 100% got into that. So I yeah. appreciate that. I was gonna say that too, as far as them like hypersexualizing Ted Bundy. That's the one thing I didn't like about the Bundy one is that they made him seem as though he was desirable, which I guess in the it makes kind of sense because in order for him to commit those crimes, he had to be to sure. like seduce women and to do those horrible things. But when I'm personally looking at a, like for me, whenever I watch a serial killer thing or anything, even if it's a horror and it's a made up murderer or things of that nature, I need to see the methodology of this person and why this person does what they do, and that's the entertainment value I get, if any. Um, is the kill in horror movies? Yeah, the kills are there because then I feel a bit better about those because those are, those are fake. But in something like this, I need to see like, and it's another thing I appreciate. They didn't get too graphic with the murders he committed. Like most of the murders were implied and kind of heard off screen than on screen. Yeah. Um, so it, it didn't really like was, glorify still, those kills at all. No, there's no glory, but it was still mm -hmm. horrifying in a way because partially what it did a lot of times is our girl yeah. Nishi Nash. It showed from her point of view. Mm -hmm. or, and you just you see her looking at the vent and you see you hear the screams and you, and you hear her like, kind of like cringing away from it like that's that's what it'd be like to be around an actual murderer mm -hmm. as these things were happening mm -hmm. or you'd be in the apartment and they talk about the smells over and over again or you it's like the or they or you just see a family they would they would have a what my favorite episode is episode six where it's it starts it's half the episode is just with, with tony his life before he meets Dahmer essentially uh and then once he once he actually, you think there may be a second for a moment where he actually does this, this does walk away from him, mm -hmm. but he walks back in there. And as he's as he goes back in there, we don't see him get hit or attacked at all. But the door slowly closes, showing that his life is ending. And it cuts to his mom, you know, uh, before talking about where is my son and that thing. It's like that still is just as impactful as it would have been, maybe even more so than actually seeing him get hit in the head with a hammer or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So if they found a way to make it. Uh, just as, as horrific and impactful as a horror film, uh, just in a different way. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna piggyback off of that. Some like that, that's one thing that this season, this season, this series does excellently. Uh, setting an atmosphere, uh, an aesthetic. Like every episode felt unsettling in some way, shape, or form, and it wasn't just about the the grotesqueness of uh, exactly what was going on. It was the reactions of the family. It was the the uh the conversations between Dahmer and and his his family like everything just felt off kilter intentionally and it was uh it was really they were executed it they that's something that I wish that you would see more in 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 horror films nowadays like instead of going for just strictly the stock values set the atmosphere and make people really feel 
unseen. They 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 executed that brilliantly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I will uh, say this. Yeah, no, no, I, I've talked before. No, I was saying I will say a lot. I think that's a new direction of horror nowadays. When you look at directors like Ari Aster, uh, I say Jordan Peele to an extent. A lot more directors are they're using, they're trying to set tones and like atmosphere through movies now. Is there's not as much like shock value and like when you get into like early two thousands, it was like saw and a lot of torture porn and stuff of that nature. Nowadays, you have like certain cool kills that are like people remember those in movies, but it's more so atmospheric horror now. I think that's the new wave going forward. That's what I've been seeing a lot more from a lot of more horror movies that I'm seeing that are really well done. Yeah, like, um, like the first like the Blumhouses and A24s. Mm, like they're not like a, what's a Pearl that's out there and uh, Pearl. Even, even Barbarian. Like those, they're not. I mean, they do have some gore or whatnot, but it's not about that at all. It's like a, they, they don't mind being slow burns and actually really making you, like you said, dead, mm. really get into the atmosphere as far as getting in your head. As far as why this was is more horrifying than anything else. Right. Uh, uh, I saw. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, this is kind of going off topic. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was gonna say was I, I, ironically enough, I watched um, the movie. What's it called? A uh, smile. I watched Smile yesterday with a friend of mine at the theater. Mm -hmm. And that movie, it has a really good, some really good acting. It even has a train from uh, from the the from what's it the called? Boys. The, the boys. The yeah. boys. Voices in there, uh, and it's it's actually decent enough movie, but it does have some some shock value in it on purpose and some surprise jumps and everything. And right. the biggest gory moments of that film. I was thinking about it, it's like those didn't unsettle me as much as the series as uh, Dahmer did because it's like it's it's I I was unsettled trying to go to sleep at night because of Dahmer, not because of the things I was that I saw actual physical things I saw and smile. That being said, there was a part I'll be honest, there was a part for the first time in I don't know how many years in why I watched Smile where something happened on screen because they're doing so many fake outs and so many jump cuts and all kind of crap. Something happened and it made me actually jump back in my seat. Uh, and, uh, and lucky enough, my friend was kind enough not to laugh at my face. He did laugh later on. I heard him, but he didn't laugh at my face. Mm. So, uh, so there. Yeah. Maybe to check that one out. I thought it's like the, the second or third movie like that. Lily with that same name. Um, Smile. But yeah. Um, so about to say, <laughs> do you do you do you think the un like the reason we were so unsubtle with this series is because we know they were actually true events versus something with smiles more supernatural thing that's obviously not reality. Um, maybe to some people, well, to me, it's supernatural stuff to an extent, but to something that brazen, I don't think it is real. But with Dahmer, we know this is an actual person that did actual things that has a possibility of happening again. 100%. There's no reality in which that's not a factor. Or reality, no pun. Uh, yeah, of course. The idea that this is a real person, and these are real victims, and these are real things that happen. Like, I mean, that's the, the idea that someone that is living in your building, that's living right next door to you, could be doing these horrific things under the nose of the police who are dumbasses of all kinds, oh, and man. there's no one that can stop them. That, that's, that should unsettle you, that you could go to a club trying to have a good time, doing your thing, dancing your ass off in the 90s, and someone can just come up on you and just like, oof. So it's, yeah, that's there's no reality in which that's not horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think knowing the fact that, like, this isn't some supernatural thing, this isn't some phenomenon, this is an actual person going around and committing these atrocities that absolutely has a, a a part of it but the other part is just like you know just the skill in, uh from what uh the actor who played like i never remember his name what's his name evan peters yeah, yeah yeah the his skill because man like his ability to portray an awkward person to that degree was 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 excellent um uh, along with that just like you know the 
the music, the the the, the tenseness built up within the scenes, like it's it's a culmination of of the the talent of the the work uh, the workers there and uh, the the actual situation. Like it's it's a lightning in the bottle almost. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I love about modern horror. I feel like I'm seeing it a lot more. Um, I, saw, I think I first saw it in a lot of Jordan Peele stuff. Um, they're they're kind of treating music in horror movies like the Pavlov uh, stuff, where you associate that song or uh, for this one a song and a sound effect like that little um, almost like a bell, a chime in a sense. Whenever you hear that, it's like oh, you know, shit's about to get real. So whenever you hear it, it can be a fake out without even having a jump scare because you just hear that. And you're already on edge. You're preparing for something crazy to happen, and it may or may not happen. Um, and right. I think that's genius. I, I don't know if that's a thing that's done on purpose. Well, it has to be done on purpose because it's too yeah. intricately placed. Um, well, and I was like, damn, that's Pavlov's theory. It's crazy. Yeah, the conditioning. Well, they did that also with the vent. They set up the because if you guys remember in the first episode, one of the very first things you see is the vent from Missy mm -hmm. Nash's uh, Glenda Cleveland's apartment, mm -hmm. and you hear the stuff, and that's kind of setting the tone. And the one of the and then throughout the series. They keep, they keep coming back to that vent uh, up until I think, I think it is even in the last episode, maybe the mm -hmm. last, before the last episode where she goes home again after she's had to leave and she looks at that vent and she still hears and she's she still has PTSD from that vent. The vent mm -hmm. has actually, she's now, I, I don't know what it was like for her in real life when I, well, I know it's, we'll get into that later on, but that they did it, like you said, Deb, they were definitely, they, they were conditioning the audience to essentially fear the unknown of what's going on on the other side of that room, the vent, what's going on in, in Jeffrey Dahmer's room in his world and in his, in his head. Mm. For people, just to give a quick synopsis of what the Pavlov's theory is, for people that may not know, I feel like I have to. Um, there's a scientist, I can't remember his first name, but I know his last name was Pavlov. He discovered uh, through research that he would give, he would ring a bell and then feed dogs to make the dogs have an association with food to that bell. Um, and he realized that he can condition mammals to have an association with a sound, a thing, whatever it is. So whenever they see that thing, they get an association, whether that be happiness, hunger, whatever it else is to that specific thing. That's and that's where that derives from. But also to take a step further with Pavlov's dog and condi conditioning, they had, it got to the point where he would just ring the bell and the dog's mouth would salivate automatically. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just a thing as far as them consciously being aware of it. Their bodies would basically react to it on a level, a subconscious level mm -hmm. too. Uh, and that's something that happens to us. Like for example, when humans, it may have said that you, maybe, maybe, maybe something pleasant too. When you were a kid, your mom may have made a, your birthday cake. And so that a certain smell in the oven Remind you of that now as a grown person. Mm -hmm. uh, remind you of, of makes you happy. Just smelling that certain thing makes you happy. You may not even know why. It's because it's you, when you were a kid you smelled that from years ago. So. I'm I'm really uh, as with horror man. I really hope we get a lot more directors that play on that. I think the best parts in horror when you get to like movies have been when these directors have kind of played on the psyche of human beings to make them. Um, again, liminal space is another thing recently that I was made aware of that I was, did some research and saw how many horror movies and bigger movies that did it well how they utilize that using Pavlov's theory I'm like man there's probably like infinite amounts of psychology that you can infuse in horror in or in cinema period just to make things better just kind of manipulate the human mind as it's watching them to make you they make you feel what the director wants you to feel in that moment sure. um yeah. and it's, I mean it's that's dope. that's one thing too like George Miller the guy who directed Mad Max the Mad Max films and um mm -hmm. recently he did 3000 years of wanting he is a doctor. He actually had his head MD and everything. And he was able, because he understands the human body so well, he essentially knew the, because of that, he knew kind of inherently what we are more afraid of happening to our bodies, essentially. Like the worst things, or the worst case scenarios with our bodies, what can actually happen to it. And he put those things in the Mad Max films. 
which is why the mm. idea of the guy at the end of the movie being chained up and having to use a saw to hang, cut his leg off, he knew that'd be the most horrific scenario, essentially. So it's it's the idea of all that's to say is that psychology plays a big factor in really getting into what's more horrific, I think. Mm. Um, I think that's that's why you can have true crime podcasts where you're just hearing stories about things that have gone that have happened can be more horrific than actually seeing a movie of gore porn and running running from mm -hmm. your face. A question I have for you guys is kind of a mini controversy that happened within the series itself. Um, a lot of individuals within the LGBTQ community had an issue with Netflix dubbing this series an LGBTQ movie. Like they put oh, it underneath that they oh, put it underneath that, that category Ooh, for a, a brief stint. Um, and then people were kind of having issues with that. Yeah. Some people kind of plan it off. I know a lot of black people had issue with it, and then they were like, "Hey, what if they put this underneath as a black film? Would you have an issue with that?" What What is your guys' take on that in particular? We don't have to stay on it too long, but I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I absolutely don't think that this should classify because I mean, mm -hmm. like, yes, they there there was. Uh, I mean, the protagonist is technically you know gay, but mm -hmm. this is more about <laughs> the desecration That's of those a, people yeah. than. The celebration of them, like right. That's yeah. yeah. That's how, usually if you're gonna put something, <laughs> that's the weirdest shit. So I, 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 yeah, I I agree. Like I wouldn't put, <laughs> I wouldn't put a movie a movie about like the uh, uh, the, the struggle of a slave getting beaten down over and over and over again and say here let's put this in for Black History Month and we're celebrating African. I mean, they, no, they kind of already do that, don't they? Like they, they, they do like, do that. I'm, I'm like, I don't yeah. know, that's not the most encouraging thing. So the idea of a man who predominantly killed gay men mm. i don't mm. know if that's the right message to say no nah, that seems wild mm. i would put it just put it in either a, a, not a true-ish crime or biopic kind of a thing or even for halloween it's halloween ish mm. around that time play up the idea of it being it's called literally called Dahmer monster you know so like why not play up the idea that's actually more of a horror scary type of thing uh, yeah that's right yeah. and that's that's the argument i've seen is more so people are like whoa during black slave movies that was black pain and we put that underneath black films but it's just a whole thing. I don't want to stay on the topic yeah, too long, yeah, but yeah, I wanted to touch it just because it was relevant to the conversation. I felt yeah, like I feel, I feel like that's the equivalent of playing Schindler's List on Hanukkah. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's the that. that's that's the perfect uh, metaphor right there. It's like, no, that's this is not the time for that. But you do it. But you stop, mm. stop, 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 stop. No, no. Yeah. Emotional damage. <laughs> yeah. Did yes. Uh, why did why did we stream yard? Please take this away. I am I am praying to the stream yard gods. If you are listening in on this, take take this feature away. The best part was we we both saw his eyes turn around because he's like wait, he's waiting to push that button. He's waiting to play it for like a half hour straight. Uh, I'll give you credit uh, for that for waiting analyst. so long. But yeah, the, the series is great. Evan Peters is great. Um, everybody did amazingly. Um. The, 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 I don't uh, know. There was his dad, Richard Jenkins, the actor, Richard Jen Oscar winner, Richard Jenkins, mm -hmm. his father. Think about this though. It's something we have. Yeah, about. his performance was crazy. His, his performance is fantastic. But imagine what it'd be like. Can you imagine? None of us here are parents. At least, well, Dev might be. He's been busy with some ladies. But hell uh, no, nah, big fella. That's fair, fair enough. I mean, ain't, ain't here, ain't, ain't here. Blow up your spot. Ain't here. Blow up your spot. I don't even know what that even means Taco Bell. Taco Bell for some reason. Right, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> So many cans of worms are open now because of them and that damn machine. But mm -hmm. the but the point is is like Wait, did you, you imagine the cans the, to make the Taco Bell tacos? Oh, too soon, too soon. I used to eat mm. here a lot. Mm. Um, but but it's what I was good. going to say before Otis made me sad in the face was that could you imagine if you were a parent and your child 
did this kind of stuff? Like, what could you, you know, in the show, explore that? He, he, the first thing was he was trying to do was like say, try to, he went through the whole like dabda as far as the, the levels of acceptance, as far as, you know, depression, anger, bargaining, denial, all those things. He, he went through all those levels. And then mm -hmm. finally at the end, he's like, I accepted that this is just, I, I, I played my role. We all played our role. And this is who you are. And I love you for it, essentially. But it's the idea of how do you, how do you deal with this? How do you accept the idea that your your child, your flesh and blood, your half your DNA, may created this and did this? I, uh, that to me was one of the most realistic portrayals that I would have thought of when I look at somebody with a situation like that. To where that's your baby, that's your child. Like they came from you. You're gonna love them no matter what. And I was very much so apparent. Like. Thought all that his life of him like fucking up over and over again. He's like, look, we're gonna figure out something for you to do because you're not just gonna be a bum. And even down to the murders, he's just like, why did you do it? All right, I'm gonna help you out to get to this point. You're gonna live life in prison for the rest of your life. But I'm trying to like he tried to make things as comfortable and great for his son, no matter what and how bad it got. Even to the end where he was trying to cope with it and he like blamed himself for it, so it would be like I just see a parent as for me seeing how my mom interacted with me and whenever I messed up or just seeing other parents. That just seemed realistic to me. Like, no matter how bad your child messes up, you're going to try to make the best of the situation for your child, no matter where they put themselves at. And it just seemed realistic to me. Because in my head, I'm just like, bro, disown that motherfucker. Like, he murdered people. But yeah, realistically yeah. looking at it, I don't know if that can ever Parents, be done. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's See, like, this, this made me realize how I'm not built to be a parent. Because, like, me in this particular situation, officer, he is here. Put him... Put him in a different state that has the uh uh the execution, the please. Chair, like, yeah, yeah, yeah left. He gotta go. He got to go immediately. <laughs> this nigga gotta go. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know if I, I this I, again, this is coming from me, but I don't have children, so I can't speak right. for I can't say that for sure. Because you raising you something for it's like 18 to 22 years and having right. that emotional bond with something, that's like if you were married to Felicia for like 60 years and she did some wild shit like that, and now you're just she like, gotta go too. If okay. she do something okay. too crazy, no, well, 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 okay. like, so yes, yeah, eating people's hearts. Obviously, if your girl, if your girlfriend is doing that, so it's a different scenario, or your wife yeah. is a different scenario, you can you can divorce somebody, but yeah, I get that. But this is this is your blood. This is something you created, this is something you raised. It's not as simple. You can be very angry. And his dad went through all those, he actually was angry and everything else. And we saw him angry multiple times for multiple. I mean, there was <laughs> there was an event where his son molested, got caught molesting a child, basically in the right, prison that was for a year. Uh, so, so, and he still had to deal with that. He got kicked out of school. Uh, after that. Yes. So his dad had to put up with a lot of stuff. And, uh, and I'll be honest, our parents, all of us, have had to put up with a lot, with a lot of our shit. Obviously, as admitted to this extent, at least I hope not. But they've had to put up with our shit. Things that we, we may have not thought much mm. about, they've put up with a bunch of our shit. As a parent, it's going to happen. Now, granted, Dahmer is a whole other world of shit, but I'm sure there are other parents out there that would try to do their best to still love yeah. their child no matter what. I'm it's sure a norm. Look at, like, in the black community specifically, we all, a lot of families have that one uncle or that one auntie that you keep your kids away from because you know what they, you know what the fuck they are. Yeah. You, you just watch them heavily. Like, you, you still keep them in the family because they're part of the family, but you treat them accordingly, like, you don't keep them around your kids by themselves and things of that nature. You tell your kids don't be around uncle such and such for by themselves. Um, it's it, like, it's a normal thing. Like, it seems outrageous, but it's something that just human beings naturally do or tend to do because you consider that person family. And, and I guess, I don't know if it's more of American culture or just human nature. You treat your family like before anything else, usually 
either either it's blood related or people you consider to be your family. No, I I, I get it. I get it. And that, that even in the in the series, it showed that the vi- the families of the victims were somewhat sympathetic to the parents mm-hmm. of of They're Like, yeah, we got we get it. It's wild and crazy and everything. It's like it's so it's understandable. And, then, and the thing is too, it's like it's a whole because you you do want to find a source like how does uh, this kind of a monster come into existence where did where did all this happen and you may say well maybe because his dad was helping him do the uh, with taxidermy or working on um animals back in the day when he was a younger young kid or mm-hmm. maybe it's because the dad said well i had these fancies when i was younger fancies of possibly killing somebody or doing weird things it's like maybe he got some kind of brain thing from me or maybe because the mom had some kind of drugs when she was younger who knows what it was but it's like it doesn't work that way you can't always try to find an exact source sometimes these things happen and there isn't a, a clear-cut answer. I, I've told it on this podcast multiple times. I've told it to you, Otis and Charlie, several times. One of my favorite lines from Hannibal is where he says, nothing happened to me. I happened. Meaning, there isn't an origin story for it. I'm mm-hmm. evil because I'm evil. The end. And that's kind of how things are sometimes. Things are just the way they are. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about the series. They didn't make an excuse for him. It was just like, they didn't make just... an excuse for him. Neither did he. That's one that I will give him credit for. Dahmer, which is, this is true too. Dahmer did not, he did not try to say I was insane. He ultimately confessed all these things. It was very, it's like, yeah, it, it is what it is. I am what I am. I don't blame my parents for this. It's like, this is me. I, yeah. I, so it, even it, it to the point, yeah. even in that scene where he's about like getting murdered, he's like, the guy's trying to like make him like beg for his life. He's just like, bro, I, I did that. He's like, did you beat him? He's like, no, I drugged them so they didn't feel anything. He's like, well, you gonna feel this? He's like, all right, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wanted to die anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, who hell some shit. Yeah, like I like I said, I had to. We'll get this real quick. Let me ask you all this question, real real quick, not to get too far off topic. What mm. is y'all's palate cleanser? Like, if y'all watch a scary movie or what have you, something unsettling late at night, right before you go to bed, what do you watch to kind of like wash your brain of? Of that stuff, so you can uh, go to sleep easier. I don't, because it doesn't affect me. Well, I guess if, of course, if you're Otis, your brain is already is yeah, that nigga different. He is <laughs> different. He is built different. He's he's Gotham. He's he's, he's basically Bruce Wayne's mind, just uh, darkness. Uh, like I can't tell you how many times this week I just I literally just fell asleep watching Dahmer. Like it was just a one, and I went to sleep, woke up the next day, and shit, I had to watch more of it because you had to watch it for the show. But here, here I'll ask you this real quick, real, then I'll begin to Charlie's. What about the Exorcist? Let's sex. I know that's that you know that one that one missed you up when you were a pup. With was the if you watched it now or watched when you were younger, if you had to watch something afterwards trying to try and clean your brain, what would it be? That's a good question. Probably uh probably Castlevania. That's usually like Castlevania. Okay. Yeah, more horror shit. That's crazy. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> I, I get it because it's it's horror, yes, but there are people fighting it, overcoming it. So it's not just the horror winning. Yeah, so I get that. Plus, it's awesome. Um, okay, all right, Charlie, what is your palate cleanser? Yeah, this nigga different, but for me, uh, younger when I first started getting into horror, I fucking watched the most childlike shit possible. So like, hella cartoons. I think it was like I like when I first started when I was like eight, it'd be like Barney or some shit like that or SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And then in my like, my mid teens, I just watched like the Spider Man animated series, Batman stuff like that. Now I kind of just watch whatever, like whatever I'm into. Either be like I just play some, I watch some basketball or like I watch a YouTube video or something like that. Um, or I just play around. I just do something that's not that to get my mind off of that. Like I'm processing it still, but I don't need to be actively processing it when I go to sleep because I'm very much so a person of like I dream about whatever's on my mind a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like I had I had like one or two nightmares watching this shit, like because it was just on my mind when I went to sleep. It wasn't nothing too crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm I very much know my I'm like, I'm trying to have some peaceful sleep. I do not need to be having nightmares all this week. Yeah. Which is yeah, weird because I, I, I watch a lot of horror and I normally don't that usually doesn't happen to me. But again, I think it was just because this was so based so in realism. So real and so real. Especially it was so relevant to like the black community in general of how like you feel like you're helpless in a sense because they were begging for help or Nisi Nash's character was asking for so much help and they just were not giving it. So I was like, damn, that should hit me on multiple levels. That's not level of horror there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And this is something that we talked about before, Dev, was our palate cleansers. Uh, Mine is, for the past year or plus, has been, I guess for a while, it's always been anime or cartoons, but recently it's been My Hero Academia. Y'all know how much I love that show, but also just seeing Deku like bright and colorful. Like, because the thing is, <laughs> for those who don't know, believe it. Start, the, the, the show, this, well, that's that's Naruto. But, uh, <laughs> but, but my hero, my hero is about this main character who is basically the smallest guy in the room in every in every room that for every reason just doesn't believes enough in himself to tear his body apart trying to do the, the the right thing. Believing in someone like that makes me feel like better and happier. So kind of like I can feel I can get over anything. Now this one other thing too. I know Otis well enough to know that him and I both had the same reaction to Sinister a few years back when it came out. Oof. That's one that Oof. messed me up also. <laughs> that one, that's one that had all kinds of atmosphere as far as one thing that movies do a lot, you know, this dev with horror movies, they love to do the jump scares and that nonsense with the, the, the shriek and everything. Sinister mm-hmm. doesn't Sinister doesn't do that uh like hardly at all. A lot of the time it's very quiet. You're watching still you're watching actually silent films and something horrible happens on that, and that, it still makes you like cringe. Uh, so that movie, because of that, when I went home that night and I was trying to sleep by myself, it's like I, I didn't trust the silence. Silence scared me because of that movie. So it's a uh, that that's like you we, we've been saying here, getting the atmosphere going, getting your psyche can really save you up the most. Funny enough, with me, like supernatural, paranormal horror doesn't really fuck with me like that, and it's more so because I feel like I, to me, I believe it's wholeheartedly real to some extent. And I know, like, oh, I'm gonna say the fuck away from graveyards like that at a certain time. I'm saying the fuck out of abandoned houses where murders happen. I like, I know all the general rules to stay away from to avoid that kind of shit happen to me. Outside of some wild, like, unless it's something like the ring, where like I just cannot avoid it because it's like a tape or some shit like oh, that. It's chasing you even then, I'm not even. But yeah, those don't fuck me up as much as I know they're real to an extent. I know how to stay away from them. It's more so like the the serial killer ones that fuck with me because it's like, all right, I can walk walk past somebody on the street and. I could fit somebody's mo, and they want to kill me now. Right on, right on. No, I feel you. It's yeah, it's whew, uh, yeah. Horror. Welcome yeah. to Halloween month. It's it's October. With, what is it, October second? It's like yeah, this is officially yeah. we officially yeah. entered Halloween uh, horror month. Uh, so before we get to the next big section, we're going to play our play our our favorite game. And Dev, you have it in here, right? You have the opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we do that, you don't want to rate this. Oh, my bad. Yeah, we can definitely rate it. Yeah, you jumping the gun, my boy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm gonna get this. This one probably be one of my first ten out of tens. Like I didn't, I didn't see anything wrong with the show. At least as a product itself, it was perfect to me. Like it did what it was, what it meant to do. It did things creatively. It did things in a well done way. And the acting was phenomenal. Sound design, all that good stuff. Yeah, I, I'd give it a solid nine. The only point I take off because, like you said, everything was great. Is just the way they kept jumping. They, they did, they jumped around through time so much that at times mm. it was hard to keep up. It's like, and I also wasn't sure why they would do that. Um, so because of that, it, it made because they made it a little confusing at times. It's a little hard to keep up, but in the beginning, especially. 
So I, I had a docket at one point, but that's it. Everything else, extremely top notch. Extremely top notch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a nine, same reason, just because like I, I I don't know why you would have like so many parallel time periods that you're jumping between. Like mm -hmm. you shouldn't have two different timestamps where we're living in the same apartment. Like it, it you, you could have been a yeah. little bit more clear with that. But beyond that, I mean, excellently done mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Uh, no no complaints. I have no recommendations. Yeah, I would be interested to see how that, like the reasoning for like, is seeing a director kind of discuss why he chose that decision. Um, maybe, maybe just because my guess would be that because he was focusing on a victims a lot, that he he had to go to different. I don't know. I don't know because it's well, kind of weird. It, it seemed almost like a missed opportunity at one point too, where they had it where they after earlier like the first episode they eventually the, essentially the police catch Dahmer and they mm. sit him down and they're asking him questions about his victims and that kind of stuff. That would have been more or less a pretty good framework for us to then go do the whole flashbacks to his whole life, essentially, as he's telling a story from the police station. But mm -hmm. they didn't really do that either. So it was a little little disorienting. But, uh, but again, I'm nitpicking yeah. more or less. So Yeah. Only the reason I can think of is maybe because we already know how things transpire chronologically. So maybe doing that would be kind of boring to an extent for some people, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a pretty good show. Yeah. Can't wait oh, yeah. to see more. Can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to see more of it. And I'm, let me move on. He's <laughs> like, uh, there is no more. Yeah. It, is, it is done. He, for the, spoiler alert, he's dead. Jeffrey Dahmer is extremely dead in the face. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so as, uh, the reason I was I was trying to dovetail into the game is because the game is tied into the, the show. So uh, mm -hmm. do you have a... Yeah, so now I'll play real quick. You gotta let you play it. So at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, maybe some of this, maybe some of that. It's either all, baby. All right, all right. Uh, this, is either, this is either or, and we're. <laughs> that was nasty. I'm sorry. <laughs> nasty as fuck. I'm sorry. He just said, uh, This Ugh. is either or, and this is either or, and today we're doing it for uh, the, the in, per, in relation to, in pertinence, in relation to. Dahmer, the monster uh, series on Netflix, and I'm going to ask my co-host here some questions, and they are going to say it's not quite either or; it's actually fact or fiction. I will read, and they said these are things that happened in the show, and I will ask them whether or not those things actually were true in real life or if they were just made up in the show. You dig? Okay. Right. So, uh, first, who wants to go first? Who's up? Who's ready to go first? I go first. Mr. Tim Drake himself. All right. So, number one, Dahmer got caught when a half-naked victim escaped his apartment and ran down the cops in the streets. True. Uh, you have to say fact or fiction. I'm sorry. Oh, fact or fiction. Fact, fact, fact. 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 Yes. You have a you have a bell in your uh, soundboard there. I absolutely do. <laughs> I, I, I asked. I asked. I that that was fact. That was actually how it happened. It, again, we like to think that these cellular killers are such crafty masterminds. No, they're dumbasses oftentimes in real life. And Dahmer just you know let a half naked man so sloppy. Like so sloppy. Like I'm grateful grateful but it's like this also this is the second one that did this that we know of so idiot uh anyway. uh now mr c diesel himself yes sir two 
Dahmer wore yellow contacts to emulate villains from movies. I thought that was false. I thought that was something they added in. He said Palpatine specifically was like Star Wars. Right, right, he did. He did say that. Um, oh, it's fact. It is fact. He did, really? in fact, do this. Yes, he did. Well, that's creepy as hell. Yeah, again, it is, <laughs> it is creepy as hell. Uh, as a matter of fact, the victim who escaped at the beginning told the story about how he pretty much, the way they, they portray in the mm-hmm. show, how he put him in. He's on, he's, on, he's, on the, yeah, he's on the stand saying the exact same thing as far as, yeah, he wore these contacts doing this kind of crazy shit. So that actually did happen. He actually wore them trying to trying to emulate villains. Because he really so proceeding well. as I have foreseen. I thought you would just play the actual play the thing, the rule, the clip. I thought you'd do that. No, I don't have that one. You don't have that one? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I got happy for no reason. Y'all get those creepy. Yeah, you better get murdered over there, Otis. Yeah, is, is, is it? Yeah. <laughs> she's she's uh, bringing in groceries. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dr. Bell, the Felicia moved out a month ago. There is no Felicia. He's there by himself. Do something, yeah. y'all. If that was true, that would be extremely scary. That like, I, we should all be afraid. All it's, of it's, it's, it's the dreads hunting him from underneath his bed in a glass case. Trying to reunite. Kind of cute, I guess. Kind of cute. No back joke. I forgot that. Uh, <laughs> oh god. All right. All right. Speaking of speaking of Otis, uh Mr. East, aka Mr. Drake. Question number three. Dahmer posed in yearbook photos that he wasn't part that he didn't belong in. Uh, groups he didn't belong in. I feel like that one's fiction. I feel that one's fiction. Yeah, they probably made it up. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, fact oh. that that happened. Uh, this this has been portrayed in multiple movies. Uh he actually did do this, and you actually if you they actually have the yearbooks where he actually you see a blacked out image in multiple. He's actually in multiple groups he wasn't supposed to be part of because he didn't do didn't join any groups. He was known for being uh, a drunk kind of in class. People didn't really like him. He was weird, uh, and so he, but he just wanted to kind of fit in. So he would just jump in at random uh, pictures in the yearbook, and you see a whole bunch of them being blacked out. So that's actually a fact. Weird as shit. What fact? This guy stinks. Yes. Good. Yeah. Well done. Well played. Better than Taco Bell. Okay. Moving on to number four. How many Taco Bells? I'm kidding. Um, number four, Deb. <clears throat> Dahmer <throat> killed Dean Vaughn. Now, Dean Vaughn was the guy that they show uh, that moves into the apartment. We don't actually, it's, it's like later on this season. We don't actually see Dahmer kill him, but we the show kind of postulates the idea that he did. Do you believe that he actually did, in fact, kill this mystery, this guy, this mystery? I'm gonna say no because I feel they've. I feel like most of the murders that he committed, they showed him like either preparing the act or in the act of. Mm-hmm. So maybe he got away or he died by other circumstances or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. I see. I see your math. I see what you did there. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct. Don't pay that bill. Don't pay that. Don't pay Ding that bill. That's even. That's play the play the bill. I. <laughs> 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 There's no victory. There's no win. There's no victory here. Only losers. Oh All my god! Losers. So much uh, but yes, that is fiction. Uh, what actually happened to the poor guy was he was found strangled to death in his apartment. Uh, he lived in the same building as Dahmer. That guy has that's a horrible place. That place is cursed. But he lived in the same building as Dahmer, a few floors above above him. Uh, he was found strangled to death in his apartment, which which didn't fit Dahmer's mo, and there was no evidence tying him to Dahmer. So mm-hmm. the show couldn't essentially show him actually killing him. Mm. They didn't know for certain. Poor black neighborhood crime, all the probably yes. robberies and shit. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, okay. Otis East, a.k.a. Delush V. Dahmer was, in fact, baptized the same day as John Wayne Gacy's execution. The fact? You think it's a fact? Uh, that's, that's my guess. You, you're a man of God. You believe in, in baptismals and that kind of stuff. Okay. Fact! It was fact. It was in fact. It was in fact fact. And it also, it supposedly was like within an hour. They believe actually, literally, was within the same hour that it happened. Uh, Dahmer did in fact get baptized on the same day as uh, John Wayne Gacy's execution. What that means, I don't know. Was the eclipse happening too? Is that a thing, or they didn't make that up for dramatic effect? So, ironically enough, that's my that's my bonus question. Did this actually happen on the day of a solar eclipse? I'm gonna say no, bro. That's that'd be too wild for that to all happen at the same time. Yeah, that is crazy, right? Yeah. So for that one, though, uh, you're wrong as hell because it's a fact. And this one actually, there's documentation of that too. The actual solar eclipse happened on that day. Uh, it wasn't necessarily as big and grand as they may have seen, like full blown Castlevania style, as they showed in the show. But it definitely did happen on that day, uh, which is why. I don't know what all this means. It's like evil on top Ooh. of evil, but getting is it's creepiness. So Beelzebub was out that day, boy. Jesus. Literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how to take that stuff. But yes, that did that it did in fact happen. There's documentation of all that stuff. Okay. Uh so moving on to question number uh six for Mr. Lush V, aka Mr. Drake. Real quick. Uh, for anybody that wants to discuss any of the things we uh, went over during the show or just wants to come up and kind of challenge or just answer a question, I'm going to throw the link to the stream yard we're in now into the top of the chat. So if anybody wants to come up for a second, we'll bring you up, let you answer a question or two, and then we'll get you going. But continue. My bad. No, my bad. I, yeah, good call. Good call. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, number six for Mr. Drake. You need an escape. I still got you right here. All right, Dahmer wore his glasses throughout the trial. Um, well, at trial as far as you know, at the end. Uh, no, I don't think this. No, I think it was something fiction for that one. Fiction. Fiction. That's okay. fiction. Uh, and fiction. Uh, yes, he did not do that. Uh, the show. I'm not entirely sure why they had him wearing glasses. That they a show that's very detail oriented had him wearing glasses, maybe because they wanted to keep keep him looking like. I don't know Devin, Evan Peters' character, but uh, Dahmer in real life did not because he specifically. And there's an interview where he mentions how he didn't want to wear glasses because he, he didn't want to be able to see his, his actual. He felt so much shame that he didn't actually want to be able to see the, the victims' families uh, in person, essentially. So, so yes, that is a fact fiction. Um, all right, moving on here. The question now. Uh, this is for Mr. Otis East, who is a big fan of Niecy Nash herself. Linda Cleveland lived next door to Dahmer. I'm going to say no. Maybe this is the floor below or above. Uh, correct. She did not. Yeah. Now, it was not the floor below or above. It was the building next door. Oh, wow. The building next door. Yes. Uh, the, the, the thing about it was Glenda Cleveland did notice weird things like as far as people that ran out of, ran out of the building. because In the show, they do show multiple people running out of the building, screaming and stuff like that. And she noticed this kind of stuff happening. And she did call the cops multiple times, multiple times. Uh, and then she noticed Jeffrey in these situations. So she mentioned him and everything like that and their records mm -hmm. of her calling. Uh, but actually, the show, that character that Nissan has plays is more or less an amalgam of Glenda Cleveland and Pamela ba uh, Bass. Uh, the actual neighbor that Jeffrey, that Jeffrey Dahmer had was Pamela Bass, and Glenda mm -hmm. Cleveland was more was more, more proactive doing these things. So. All right, this, this took place during like the eighties, right? 
the night. Well, I guess maybe the, 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 the nine. It was 1991 when he was caught. So they were neighbor. They were neighbors. So his murder. So his murders were taking place during the eighties, right? They, 70s, 80s, yeah. 70s, 80s. yeah, and they, even up up through the 90s, though, because he wasn't caught till 91. And in 91, though, when he was caught, he was getting ready to commit, commit another murder then. So yeah. He was still doing into the that's I guess my thought process. I feel like maybe for this is not to give the police officers any excuse whatsoever, but like yeah. it's during the crack epidemic during the 80s, so you're probably seeing people running around doing crazy shit. So they're yeah. probably people, yeah. people just not even just like the police, just regular people aren't probably giving it as much attention because crackheads were probably very rampant during those times. Fair, yeah, and that's. Yeah, crack. Jesus Christ, crack. Yeah. But yeah, that's fair. There, there are people that he they may not have been as much of an exception to the rule as we like to hope they would have been. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, speaking of the police, <laughs> uh, the police returned an escaped victim back to Dahmer's. In this, um, in the show, they portrayed they had that fourteen-year-old kid is the right. one that I'm asking about. This is for this is for Lelouch V. So. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say fact for that one. Yeah, yes, it's pretty on brand. Now, uh, we, it's, it has been documented that Otis East is not the biggest fan of kids himself, so uh, that stands to reason. Uh, and it okay. actually is true. It is true. The police did turn, they returned the 14 year old, is somewhat pertinent, I guess, a law and order sound. Uh, they did return the underage 14 year old Laotian boy back to Dahmer's when he was clearly drugged and out of his mind. And there were, in fact, neighbors there protesting protesting this, saying what's going on here. Yeah, it wasn't Glenda Cleveland that was one of them. She thought but it was two other women that were really protesting it uh, the most. Uh, and then Glenda Cleveland and the other ones were calling about it multiple times. Um, so yes, that is in fact that is that is in fact fact. Bonus question: um, The police officers. That did this were known where they were in the show they're called you know, Gabrish and Bolsharak. Those are the actual names. Um Gabrish and Bolsharak were awarded the police officers of the year. That seems pretty on brand. That's mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, that sure. seems extremely on brand. That seems like the most on brand possible thing possible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh fortunately that was fact. A fiction, I'm sorry. Fortunately, that was fiction. They they, they were not awarded police of the year. Uh, for this, they were suspended uh, for three years without pay. However, however, after three years, they were, of course, reinstated and they were given back pay for those three years they weren't there. So it's kind of like, I don't know what the point of all this was, but uh, but yeah, that happened now. Now, now, this is just waiting for people to forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, so here's the bonus question then for Mr. Um, Lush B uh, of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, was one of these police officers? Elected president of the police association. You should be. Uh, yes, I think he was. I, I, I would not be doubt that in the slightest. You wouldn't. All right, and you were right. He was, in fact, uh, Bolsharak was elected president of the police association in Milwaukee in what was it? Two thousand. Double check. Uh, yeah, two thousand five. From two thousand five to two thousand nine. Uh, and in 2020, <laughs> Twitter on Twitter, the Milwaukee police released, released a kind of statement saying, we know that we made some mistakes. The Milwaukee police department made some mistakes in the past, but we are a better department now. That was pretty much all they said. <laughs> That's all they said. It was that scary. Was that put out before or after George Floyd? 2020. So I it probably was it was associated with George Floyd. Plot. I don't know the exact date. I don't know the exact date. Because yeah, Milwaukee has lots of yeah. Uh yeah, don't 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 move there, Dev. Don't move there. 
Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> that was the that was a little bit of fact, a little bit of factor fiction, a little a slightly different either or, obviously. But uh, but yeah, want to have some some fun questions or some not fun, but some questions. That's crazy. But okay, getting into I guess our last topic for today, guys. Uh, it is anime season right now. Um, one of our favorite seasons for anybody that is new to the show that is a new watcher. We fuck with anime here heavily. Um, and again, a lot of the new anime that are dropping, I guess the first was Spy Family, My Hero, and was there anything else that dropped on the first? I know the um, other half drops like the 10th. The, there was there were some other side well, shows, but like the main ones were Spy Family and My Hero. All right. Yes. I, as you guys watch, so I know I watched the first episode of My Hero. I think, did you both watch the first episode? Of course, you know, so, yeah, it's most of the time. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I gotta watch that bit. I'm watching the dubbed and so dang, I'll hold you. I'm ready to see that. I, I want to hear it dubbed too. Um, I'm loving it, man. I'm, I'm things feel like they're getting a little bit darker. Like, I, I feel like they're gonna get to the point to where they're gonna kill off some major hero. Um, because I, I don't know if the, the show gets that dark going forward, but I, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting right now. Like, they're like Miracle, I feel like they're about to have because again, I think that at least the next big episode is gonna be her doing her thing, I guess, and it seems like they're gonna kill her off. I don't know how bad of a way it's gonna be like a heroic, like more a mortar type of deal, but that's what that's, that's what I'm getting, and I'm kind of excited for it, but I'm kind of not because I don't want to see her die. I'm like, damn, I fuck with her character, and they had to do some badass shit, but yeah, I don't yeah. know, bro. It's getting this stuff's about to get real, and I know we about somebody's some bodies are about to drop. I feel like, yeah, I'm right there with you, Dev. Miracle is badass, man. I'm, I'm going back and forth as far as who like have more of a crush on Miracle or She Hulk, um, and, and it's. Miracle, probably Miracle, probably Miracle. Miracle. Uh, yeah. yeah, and she's she's dope. She's awesome. I, I didn't see her until the last season when I first saw her. That's when she first great. appeared. She first appeared. Okay, I, probably, maybe in the manga she mentioned up earlier. I wasn't sure, um, but I, yeah, but she's she, I, she's fun. She's a cool character. I love the first episode as well, and it's fun. But funny because the last half of season five, you don't see Deco with the heroes at all, really. And in this episode, you barely see Deku, Deku at all. He's like he pops up like a cameo, really. Uh, mm-hmm. But I love the idea that they're showing yet how much, how robust and how full of a world this actually is. This isn't just the adventures of Deku and All Might. It's like no, it's a full mm-hmm. world of things, and so it builds up the idea that a, this is a literal, actual war. Uh, the scales are actually getting they're growing. The scope is growing. The scope is growing. Um, I know Otis has read the manga. He knows all things that unfold, so he might know the casualties that might that might happen. But I'm with you. I think it, it is. There's no reality in which we're making it out of this season without some some bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. We had bodies last season. So mm-hmm. no spoilers for uh, the anime. Only watches. Just a preface that me included. I mean, is. That, that obviously I wasn't gonna go and spoil you know anything that wasn't in the the anime yet. Just um, but uh, yeah, like this was probably the best season opener that the show has had. Period. Like since its inception, this is the first. This is the best first episode of a season that they've had, and it's mm-hmm. by a lo- uh, a big margin. Usually, like they spend like they like, uh, their first episodes kind of rehashing things from a previous season or giving mm-hmm. a little bit of a filler or warm up. Now they got straight into it this season, and yeah. I'm I'm really excited for this one. This is one I've been waiting for for a while, and then because uh, going from here, the tone of my hero take like Charlie said, it does take a a darker turn. And um, it gets real. And I, I've been waiting for this for a while. 
uh, I, I cannot wait to see some of the, the future fights animated because uh, I, I know they're going to do a good job with certain ones. But I am, I am really excited for this season of My Hero. Because this is a studio of Bones, and Bones they kill it. They're they're like, are they at the top? Are they are they the top tier? Top tier number one like uh, animation studio right now, or they're like, they got they got to be pretty close. They got to be they're, they're up there. I mean, yeah, they got to be up there. Um, I think the, one, this, the the studios making the most money right now is Toei. I mean, between yeah, Toei, DB, yeah. D, DBS and One Piece. I mean, they're, those yeah. are <laughs> beyond juggernauts, but. When it comes to like the the quality of bones, they are definitely up there. They top tier every time. Right on. Because I feel like yeah. animation got better. That hallway scene with Miracle, I was like, damn, this is fire. This is clean. Yeah, like, it was cool. Yeah, so it was clean. Because the thing about it was, it was season was it four? It was season four, right? Where the second half they didn't know that much happened because they were making the third movie. This season, leading up to it, they had the break from the pandemic. Also, there wasn't a movie. So they, so they can go full ham everything in this show this season. Uh, so yeah, it, it looks it looks fantastic. It looks great. I mean, it, it looks also just seeing the scale of how, how many characters are, are on there on both sides. It's like this mm -hmm. is bonkers. And also the um, as Otis mentioned, this having the best season premiere. I agree with that. It is, but it was not just a premiere. It was also the opening. The opening was just, it was just it was fire. It worked for me too. Um, so I yeah. It was I, amazing. I, uh, I, mean, I mean, this the thing is there. I like that shit. I, 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 I liked it too. But it, it 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 just worked for me as far as like setting the setting the tone. It it, it wasn't over the top, goofy, happy, uh, you know, lollipops dancing in the sun with mm -hmm. unicorns on your face. It was much more like these are characters doing their things. There's still colors, but it's it's not. This isn't necessarily the happiest of times. So I I, I was feeling it, and I, and the, I won't get into too many spoilers. But there was a pretty fun, pretty cool twist that the dated villain managed to pull off that I didn't see coming. Obviously, mm -hmm. Otis did. He read the, he read the manga. Did you see the twist? Uh, that I'm talking about uh, with the villain, they yeah, it seemed too easy. I okay. I think they were alluding to some kind of a twist, obviously, because it, it seemed like the plan that the heroes had was a little too well, like things were going too well too for well. it not to have well. some kind of a twist. Fair, fair. I didn't know to what extent, but I knew something yeah. was going to be off. Yeah, I didn't know what, what was going to happen, but I, yeah, mm -hmm. I knew something would be off, but I didn't know what, what actually what they'd done, what they had done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm kind of. I, I love the development of other characters and other characters getting some light, but I don't want to stray too far away from Deku because I, I kind of want to see, like, not even him just doing shit. I want to see his perspective and his thoughts on the events going on, like, to see how, like, if if and when bodies start to drop, I want to see that how that affects him, him being, like, a happy-go-lucky character that's the optimist that all of, you know, I got I to gotta see that dive into maybe there'd be pessimism or whatever they decide to go to direction with him i need to see how this how the world affects him right so i just need to be checked and if he's not gonna be the center stage for a lot of the season i need to see him like reacting to things going on right and i think we ultimately will always in some level see these through his eyes he's he's mm. meant to be our avatar our gateway through this into this world mm. but yeah it's not going to just be around him like, i mean the episode in season um, four for example when they made the whole raid on that trying to save the little girl from overhaul there were plenty of characters doing plenty of fights, but when it came down to it, it was still Deku at, the, at center stage dealing with things the mm -hmm. most. I feel like it'll probably be the same way here. Um, and it's fun as I was re-binging re this, this series leading up to the premiere this weekend, uh, I noticed how, what I had thought before, but it, it actually happens where Deku doesn't cry again. After season three, after All Might pretty much passes a torch officially onto Deku as far as there's no more All Might, it's just Deku now as far as being the one carrying the one for all. He no longer cries. He has one big cry there as he watches All Might retire, more or less. 
and he stops crying. He pretty much mans up from there on out. He's not crying anymore. He cries when Night Eye dies, spoiler alert. But other than that, he doesn't cry in fights. He doesn't cry over emotions. He's always tougher because he knows he mm-hmm. has to be, essentially. So as dark as as the show's getting darker, in a sense, Deku is getting stronger, too. He's not necessarily getting darker, but he's getting sterner. She, um, I seen that one picture from the manga that leaked out with him, like, I think it's like three seasons from now, but he look, I'm like, that man look like a demon. But like a demon. Yeah, I've seen some of those images too. So yeah, I, I I think he will he's meant to be the beacon of light for us, uh, mm. in a way, but he's still he is going to be more mature. He's gonna there's gonna be maturity with it too. So I feel like I'm gonna get real Tokyo ghoul vibes in a sense with him and Kanaki, oh. like seeing them go like from extremely Happy go lucky and what, like what did you call what did you call King Kanaki? It's like Kanaki. Kanaki. That's 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 not his name. I said you know what I'm talking about. You know who the fuck Wait, I'm what's talking the, about. What's that lead what's that lead character's name? That show? I can't remember. Ken Kanaki? Kanaki. It's K E N P I. Where's the R? Where where the fuck is the R? Kanaki. <laughs> it's Kanaki. Um play the bill. Play, play the bill. All right, I guess that makes sense for some reason. Get them all in. Uh, yeah, but seeing that kind of descent into like pessimism near the end of this, like, I, that's, that's at least that's why I'm expecting the arc of Deku to go. I haven't so, read the manga at all, but it's, it no, seems I, like I, I, read them. I'm, right, I, I refuse to watch read the manga, but because I would rather see it. But the in Tokyo mm-hmm. Ghoul, that character goes through a horrific torture scene that and after he's already had a demon in him for a long time or a ghoul in him for a long time, mm-hmm. and it basically causes his whole body, he's probably snapped, he, he finally breaks, breaks yeah. Uh, it would it would almost in some way there have to be a massive breaking point for Deku to have that kind of a turn as well. I don't know what that would be. Obviously, Otis does, but I don't know if Deku's going to face that that kind of a breaking point. It seems like when big big moments happen, it pushes Deku that much further into being a hero. When All Might went down and other things have happened, he seems to go that much closer towards being a stronger hero, essentially. So uh, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying I'm curious what it would be to push to put Deku on the other side, essentially. Yeah, somebody, I mean, somebody gonna die. The 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 series of my hero is essentially just watching Deku's journey to becoming the number one hero, and you, yeah, get, you get all the steps of it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't they don't skip it. You you uh you you get all of that. Mm-hmm. And right. this, this is a this particular season is a big marker in that one. Um, yeah, yeah, you 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 <laughs> you're, you're, there's a lot coming. There's a lot of things coming this season. Oh, right on. Right it's on. dope. When I first when the show first started, I assumed it was going to be more like to the point, more cut cookie cutter in a sense of like he's going to be the number one hero because they show all my he's like all right this is the standard for the number one hero so we see Deku getting there and Deku inspiring to get there, but you can very much see it's not going to be through the same route or if he gets to that version of the number one hero at all. No, um, I mean something that they even show like even through the uh, the the seasons of the show like the the world that. Deku is inheriting is a much darker world than what All Might had to deal with when he was, you know, in his prime. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yes, All for One did a lot of horrible things, you know, during that time period, but his influence has uh, kind of increased since then. And now there's threats from multiple angles instead of just, you know, there's just being the, the super villain, the typical super villains that are going to be out there breaking buildings and, and fighting, mm-hmm. fighting fights. There's a Actual, me- actual methodology to what they're trying to accomplish. Even right. supporting cast, shit, like the supporting cast is all like damaged, like with Todoroki and Bakugo, they're all just like 
everyone's damaged a lot. <laughs> that's the one thing I'm seeing, like with the heroes, like they have to just put that behind them and put on a brave face. And yeah. they have so much trauma and shit in them from all yes. angles, along with the villains. Right. And I, I agree with what both of y'all saying, especially Otis said as far as how in the in the vacuum of uh, of All Might going down, essentially to it, it created they, they show in the in the series how the it creates a the, the darkness rises that much stronger, hot, stronger as well. And obviously the heroes are trying to try to fill the void as best they can, but there is a there's a gap between the heroes and the villains. And also the All Might's presence, it All Might literally by being by simply being around made crime lower. It was like a massive it was massively lower because of him, and it spiked rapidly after he was gone. So it's there's by by the nature of that alone, uh, things have gotten darker, um, and it's it, it is that much. The thing about the fact that that all the hard work that, that all might put into things during his then it, during his his, uh, his era is almost reversed immediately because of his just him, by him not being around is just a uh, it's kind of heartbreaking. But, but I dig it. All right, I dig it. But sure, that's all. I have. Do you have any other thoughts on this first episode, guys? Uh, no, I'm Not just really. I, I can't I can't wait for next episode and the next yeah. one, and yeah. the next one. And so and let me ask you this real quick though, because we obviously we're more or less in a binging, uh, or binging culture, and the way these are now is you can't binge, uh, anime as it come out during a season. Do you mm-hmm. like the idea of having to wait, uh, between weeks before an episode, or would you rather they all be out now just to, to, to binge? Would go ahead, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first. I was just saying, like, uh, I've I've already been programmed to watch anime weekly for so long that I mean, having it another way would be kind of weird. Almost, I feel like it uh, it lowers the impact of it. Like before, I was all about you know, like, oh yeah, put the show out all at once because you know you get to watch it all at once. But you also talk about it for a shorter period of time when it's when it's all you know just dumped out like that. I, I I like the fact that they come out weekly. I, I I've definitely come accustomed to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, weekly re- weekly releases are more of an event, like a like a month long, however long the show lasts, event than an actual like the binging. I, I do. There are is advantageous to an extent for the consumer because you get to watch it all in your own time and et cetera, et cetera. But with I'm, I'm thinking something you know like Stranger Things, where it's like not all at one time. People talk about certain things like the entire summer and even like leading up into some of the like fall. Uh, it was dope. So, especially with anime, and like you saw, they like in a like a, I don't think I, I think the Steam on Attack on Titan had died a lot, but like in that final season that first dropped, everybody was talking about a week to week, like it was a big event and a thing. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I'll see it a lot more so in the 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 group, the Blur to Prove Entertainment group chat, not the group yeah. chat, but just the general. Like you'll see, like a lot of the posts will be related to that whatever show is hot that's trending for a while like you'll see memes for like there are so many stranger thing memes that went for that entire summer in that group throughout kind of like tired i'm like bro okay we get it it's good we know it's good yeah it's like we got 15 stranger thing memes today alone right. um granted yeah. i was just pinning that but yeah it, I, it, I, was, it was you're right i feel like the stranger stranger things may have been a bit of an exception to the rule where it had staying power to be talked about for a, a whole summer more or less Typically, though, things will be hot if it's, if everything's dropped at once, it'll be hot for a week or two, and then kind of no one talks about it anymore. However, what about that in two parts, though? That was like it wasn't week to week. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't at once. Yeah, it, was, it, mm. it, it, it still managed to last the entire people talking about it still still now. Mm. Uh, but typically, you know, shows that they're dropped at once, it's very it's kind of flash in the pan. They're gone. The boys, 
obviously releases things once a, uh, an episode a week, and mm-hmm. it was talked about for the whole those two or three months that it was out as well. This, I'm not sure how long the season actually is, but I'm sure it'll be. I think it's like 20 episodes or so for mm-hmm. anime. But it'll. It's. I, I like. I like the idea of having semi-appointment television with this, where I have something to look forward to, be excited about every Saturday. Right. Um, I you know get a get a bowl of cereal, throw on some PJs like I did when I was a kid and watch this. So, so yeah, I, I like House it. of Dragons, bro. That's been like it's people talking about that. People, about you know, how many people I've met that I know in my friend group that are like, I don't know if I'm gonna watch it, I don't think I'm gonna like it. And then they'll come to me, like, bro, you see that new season, that new episode? I'm like, bro, right. you say you didn't like that. shit. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. well, I, I, I'm like, okay, bro, right? Okay. Yeah, no, it worked. I mean, it's and that's kind of how old school television was. was that, some people wouldn't have caught on right away, but then because as the show continues to air, you, you, they grow more of a more of a following. It's kind of how I guess House of Dragons did it is doing it now. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. I, there's there are some advantages to definitely having where you dole out your episodes weekly as opposed to doing a binge drop. All right. Well, guys, moving on to church announcements. Hear ye, hear oh, wait, ye. We have one more show. We have one more show. Yes, yeah, Spy, Spy Family that also dropped his oh. first episode this week, and oh, this yeah. is one that I'm actually not familiar with the manga with. So. This one I know more about than Otis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I'll let y'all go ahead and shoot it because I haven't seen it yet. I've oh, you didn't see this one? Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. So, we'll go ahead. what are your what are your thoughts on it? Uh, it was great. <laughs> I love it. It was fantastic. It was like, fantastic. Um, I mean, this this is a show that even even when you're giving quote unquote filler stuff, like it always finds a way to deliver on some note. I mean. I just this show can almost do no wrong at this point. Like whether it's light levity moments or heavy, you know, gravity moments, it they they execute they executed well. And or, uh, this they do, is more they do, exciting. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they do a mix of the uh, like you said, it's a light or heavy. They do a mix of the two really well. Uh, oftentimes too, there's a part in this episode you'll see it later on, but it's not too much of a spoiler. Where mm. the young, cute little girl. Is in a very dark situation, and she's still being cute and funny at the same time. Uh, and this is, and this is obviously it's called Spy Family. This season kind of expands the family by, of course, I'm getting a family pet, and of course, in a in a family where one of them, the the mom, is an assassin, the dad is a is a world class spy, the daughter is a psych uh, telepath. It all makes sense, of course. The dog or the, the pet would literally be a psychic, could see the future. So it's it's just a I just love Wayne these dog things. is crazy. Where Wayne dog. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's but it's it's just so it's it's I love it. It's just so much. It never stops being fun. And I will say this much, for those who are hardcore dub enthusiasts, I get it. But the sub is, I, I try watching the dub a little bit. It's just a little girl. It's so much funnier. She's so much funnier in sub. It really is. I like. I have even attempted to watch this in dub. Dub's fire to me. I've only watched the dub. It's, it's so fine. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's it's perfectly fine. She's she's definitely funnier so than she is a dub. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, this yeah again, a great episode. Uh, my favorite moment was your showing up and just kicking someone so hard that they rebounded off of concrete, brick, and then concrete again. Like <laughs> it was like. <laughs> <laughs> that shit had to hurt, boy. Oh my god! It also wasn't just that; it was also while she was leaping through the air, the, the, the evil, like almost like an evil cobra look she had as her silhouette was jumping, and that kick was—I was gonna put—I was trying to put together. I read at a time an actual compilation of an either or which kick was better. That kick that Goku does against Cell, where he's doing the spinning lariat thing during the Cell games, or the kick that that that, uh, that Yor has, where she hits the dude so hard he pinballs. Through an alley for like an hour. Man, like 
Oh my god! <laughs> like, it was the, I don't know if Goku's ever kicked anybody that hard. Where they bounced twice? No, he had oh, no. It was, it, it, was it, yeah. it wasn't twice. Like it was like a, it was a funnel five. effect. Like he flew times. off of solid objects that yeah. were not. You're not supposed to bounce off of brick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All you're not supposed times. to bounce off of asphalt. Or concrete, times. and he said, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was super. It was, it was super dark because it's a child getting ready to be, essentially murdered by uh, you know criminals, hard, hardcore criminals uh, with with a with a razor, with a knife, uh, switchblade, or something like that. And it's like extremely dark, and then she hits him with all kinds of oomph, and the the levity again. It's like the levity comes in. I I busted out laughing hard, I hard laughing. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I couldn't help it because it was like, yeah, it's it's perfect, but it, it works. It works. But I love, I love how protective she is. Of like, anytime anyone comes, they were near her baby. She goes ham and a half. So that's her it. child for sure. That, that is her child. That's her child. Um, any more shows that we're missing out on before we close out? Maybe some other ones. That, I, yeah, none I worth mentioning. Like there, like I said, there there are a couple other new new titles, but until they have a like a, a, a good episode, I, I'll keep those on the, on the back. <laughs> shade. Throw that shade with both hands. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Makes sense. It does. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it does. It makes sense. Uh, Brought to you by Wesley yeah. Snipes, guys. Um, He's our official <laughs> sponsor. He's our official sponsor. Yeah. Hey, we don't need him. No, <laughs> taxes will be fucked. I was, was going to say, he pays us a tax refunds, but yeah, okay. Uh, oh, God. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, church announcements, guys. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, well, shit, we Twitch wouldn't work, so you are watching on YouTube. If you guys would, take a second to hit, to go ahead and subscribe to our channel. We are the Then and Out podcast. We talk about nerd stuff, reviews, interviews, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we're on a road to 1,000 subs, so we'd appreciate it if you guys would give us that uh, that subscription. And just, if you like this, you can check out our other stuff. We have video essays. We have interviews with some amazing co-hosts that, well, not co-hosts, but just guests I never thought I'd be able to speak to in my life. I've been blessed to speak to. Um, and it's dope shit in general. So thank we you guys for tuning in. We do have an interview in. with the coast. We do have an interview, interview with you. Actually. Oh, yeah. We got fin- to finish those other two up. Yeah, at we some do. Point. No, I don't need one. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you need one the most, probably. Yeah. This well, point, I, have, like, I, I have enough on other channels. I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I am bro, we're going to write a whole boy. testament in the Bible with your ass. We, we need that. <laughs> yeah, revelations. And he's <laughs> on the pale horse. Uh, no. But yeah, so again, thank you guys for your support. We hope for your continued support. And we will see you guys next time. See, I made a whole episode without saying anything bad about Warner Brothers. I feel proud. Proud of you.